This is Dyson QBX, the podcast, episode 261 for the week of June 12th, 2011. Hey, hey, folks, welcome to Dyson QBX, the podcast, an extension of two all encompassing Dragon Ball fan sites this week. Out here in Joyzy, we got Dyson QBX, and. Out in Nebraska, we have Konzentai. We, the two of us, cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. My name is Mike. I go by Vegito EX. I am the unfortunate ringleader of this hair circus. Uh, I am very pleased. To welcome to the show yet again, Heath, Mr. Hugio from Constantai. Good to have you with me, as always, on your nice microphone. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's cool. Talk about Dragon Ball, good stuff. Oh, fun. yeah, good stuff, you know. Happy times. Super Saiyans and, and whatnot. And thousands of them. It's oh, craziness. Hell yeah. Oh, man, it's going to be you and I this week here on the show. I don't know what really happened last week. It was just kind of one of those, oh, Sunday night. Never got around to doing a podcast. Well, I know what happened to me. Oh, that's, you were out, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you have an My brother was getting wed, and so I gave you a forewarning that I will not be around. Yeah, but and then there's... you took it upon yourself to well, <laughs> screw it. Well, okay, I'm not doing anything without he. <laughs> so many people I can pull from. I'm just like, eh. well, never get around to it. Maybe no one will notice. And then I've got to be honest: the only person of all the listeners we have, I've seen the podcast stats. The only person who said anything to me about missing a show was I had lunch with our buddy Kerberfer last week and as soon as he gets off the train he's like hey what's up with no episode last week like oh you bastard well you know you make it such a sticking point that we get to it every week I know now when we don't get to it it's kind of obvious. <laughs> People feel entitled. That's all right. I understand how they feel. All right, dude, you and I, we are going to get back into the swing of things. We have a lot of news to cover, believe it or not. I mean, there's a couple little stories, but then there's a couple little bit bigger of stories that warrant a little bit of discussion. So we're going to catch up on all that stuff. We're going to do your releases. And then our topic portion is really going to be our emails because we have a couple emails that I've been wanting to get to for a while, but our topics have gone on for... A, a bit of time so i said hey we haven't done a show in two weeks we need to get back into this let's do an emails episode so we're going to catch up on some emails here on 261 uh man i guess let's talk about uh the schedule for the show <laughs> while we're talking about the schedule for the show you may be wondering where a manga review of awesomeness episode is it's coming my notes are done uh mary and i are going to be in and out of town next week and jeff was out of town a little bit this past weekend so we're probably going to get to it toward the end of june i'm hoping we can still make it in the month of june but it's certainly coming we haven't forgotten about it there's only three more volumes to go so we definitely want to attack that as soon as we can this year um man heath anything dragon ball going on with you well dragon ball has been kind of scarce in my life for the past two weeks and that is okay yeah it's gonna be scarce for about the next month but I get to do this podcast, so that totally makes up for it. It's fun times. That's I say this all the time. I love it so much. It gives me a chance to, yeah, catch up on Dragon Ball, but, you know, you and I and Mary and Julie and all of our associated community members, great chance to catch up with each other, too. So, uh, Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, dude, let's do news. All right, let's do it. 
Alright, first up we have Dragon Ball Online is coming to China. Shauna Games, an online game developer and operator in China, via their chairman and CEO Alan Tan, announced in their quarter one 2011 fiscal results that they have the rights to bring Dragon Ball Online to China. It, along with Final Fantasy XIV, is currently undergoing customization to launch in their region next year. So be looking forward to that if you live in China. Yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of people. So it makes sense. And this is it makes a big complete sense. Business model over there. I know as soon as we posted this, people were like WTF America, K please. We thanks. don't have a billion people. That's very true. We don't. We have a lot of people playing Warcraft though. Well, that is for sure. Oh man. Yeah, it's it's spreading out there little by little. I think China makes sense. Heath, I gotta ask you, do you think we're ever going to see a legit release of this over here in North America? I think at some point we actually will. You do, because um, I do not think I- so. I think if it's going to happen, and this is a big if, is if there is at some point in the U.S. we go through a lull, which I somewhat think is coming Mm, for us in North America. And it would be sometime well after that when maybe things started to pick back up again. But that's the only time I would see it plausibly happening. I would say within the next five to ten years, it's not going to happen. But then after that, you kind of ask yourself, well... Then isn't it a little too late to really bring it over? Well, that's a big question. I mean, this started uh, coming out there in beta story bits. Was it 2007? And then it took a little while to really get out there. I believe but... so. Yeah, because everything was just in Korean. Right, right. And so new and no one knew what was really going on. It's been in the works for a while. This is the kind of thing that you can't let it hang out there forever before bringing it over. I mean, I'm not really into the whole MMO thing. I know of stuff and I know a little bit of how the business works and little bits of story here and there with yeah. WoW and some of the other. Well, uh, I can tell you that there. a lot of people want it. Well, I don't know if it's enough of a demand to really get is it. What is a lot of people. I mean, it's a the very... people that email me. <laughs> right. The small vocal minority who emails us asking about yes. it. But, man, I just... I don't know. Dragon Ball... That The second wave here in the U.S. was... A pr- I don't even know if you could call it that, because it's been sustained since it started in 96. I mean, it's it had It really some, has. It started to dip just a little. It did. Then... Kai came around. That really helped yeah. it. So we never really had it go away. So if it's going to come over, it's got to come over really, really soon. So then I guess in that case, I would change my answer to no, because I don't <laughs> see it coming over it. soon. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's talk about some other video game stuff. Namka Bandai US is apparently looking to rename an upcoming game. They had a survey that they put out there to fans, among some other minor tidbits like your age and all that kind of usual stuff. They have uh, some name suggestions for what we can only assume is Game Project Age 2011, which is the working title for that new PS3 and 360 fighting game due out in the fall. So let me break it down for you. They had five potential names you could choose from as your favorite, and they all had Dragon Ball Z in front of it. Tenka Ichi Z, Cyan Rising, Awakening Cyans, Ultimate Tenka Ichi, and Cyan Warriors. 
So you've got a, a couple trends in there. You've got Cyan very prominent in a couple of those. And then also Tenka Ichi. And I think that one's a significant word because it calls back to what the sparking games were retitled here in the US as the flip-flopped phrase Budokai Tenka Ichi. I think what's really interesting about that is Raging Blast came and replaced that naming scheme despite being essentially the successor to that series. We had tag verses that came out on the PSP, which they brought back the Tenkaichi naming for. That was Tenkaichi Tag Team. And we've speculated about this with the Raging Blast sales going down, down, down. Is uh, the name, the word Tenkaichi, that being brought back potentially kind of a, a last ditch effort to grab some of those older fans who, I don't even want to say older fans, but fans from, I don't know, two generations prior who were enjoying those games. Seath, as you and I have talked about, the early PS2 games, the what because the Budokai series did really well in uh, the US and also Europe, but the sparking games, the Budokai Tenkaichi, those also did relatively well throughout the world. So do you think Tenkaichi here, as I've said, is that just a grab for those fans? That is, I'm going to say 100% right on, because that's the first thing that I thought of when I first saw a lot of these names. You can really tell who they're going for, and you can also kind of pull in, hmm, I wonder if this goes in some way involves some science. Well, what Dragon Ball game has not? I mean, we've gotten so exactly. few games that revolve around the first TV series or the first portion of the manga. We've had things like Tenkaichi Daivouken or Revenge of King Piccolo on the Wii. We had Advanced Adventure on the GBA. Other than those, unless you go back to the first releases of games in Japan, there really haven't been a whole lot of games that did not involve the Saiyan race. <laughs> I don't know how we forgot about these, but there's also Dragon Ball DS and DS2 on, of course, the Nintendo DS. Fact remains, though, that of all the games that have come, particularly since uh, the second wave started in Japan, it's really been Z-focused, so throwing Cyan in the title there, it just isn't necessary. I'm thinking they need to spread their wings a little and get back over to GT. Transformation 2, where is it? We're waiting. All right, so I do want to pull it back to some history here because I think this this says a lot. Back in 2005, and unfortunately, I didn't have the text saved from uh, this old survey, but Atari, who was the North American distributor for Namco Bandai's games at the time, they had a similar poll slash survey. And uh, same kind of thing where they had about five potential titles for games. And on that list was, the flip-flopped phrase Budokai Tenkaichi. It may actually have been Tenkaichi Budokai at the time, but uh, that phrase ended up being used as the retitle for the Sparking series. So while that was Atari, and this is Namco Bandai themselves, I think history is a pretty good indication of what's going to happen here. So no matter what the game ends up being called in Japan, it seems likely that it's going to be retitled over here in the US. And I'm I'm not really thrilled with much of the selection for names. but no. That may just be me. I think what I went with was Ultimate Tenkaichi. I think Dragon Ball Z, Tenkaichi Z is a little bit I too I know, right away, I was like, seriously, we're going to put a Z in there twice? <laughs> and toss that one okay. out. Okay. 
um, Cyan Rising, Awakening Cyan, Cyan Warriors, those... We've kind of had names like those before. I mean, not so much for the English side of things, but... No, Cyan Rising seems a sort of Raging Blast or Burst Limit style of name to it. Yeah. So, I don't know. None of these names strike me as uh, what the Japanese would use for the name of their game. I mean, they, they haven't used the Tenkaichi branding, I don't think, for any of the games. Well, they went with Sparking on right, the Japanese right. side, so maybe for this one they'll do like a We Got a Power or something. <laughs> maybe they'll just call it Sparking Z. I don't know. Sparking Fluorescent. What else is there to tack on to that name there? Neo. Uh, we already had Neo. Well, yeah, we had... <laughs> Oh, man, they're running out quick. <laughs> uh, I think I've joked Sparking Galactius or something like that. I mean, where else do you go with the uh, Space Age terms? So that's Super pretty Saiyan interesting. 10,000. 10,000. Tenkaichi 10,000. Get a little alliteration going into the mix there. I don't know if there's anything else to say about this. It's kind of a, a wait and see, but it is interesting that they tossed out some of those potential titles there. For yeah, us I'm, to I'm just really... At. Curious to see what we end up with. I'm also curious to see what they call it in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Because who knows, maybe some of these are Japanese ideas and they're just translated. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. Maybe some of these are from the Japanese side. Maybe the Japanese are looking at a Cyan Rising, something like that. I don't know. The only other thing I want to toss out there about the game is uh, E3 took place just this last week. Namco Bandai did not have it at the show. I think I saw it was confirmed it was not on the show floor, and they didn't have anything up on their press server about this game as well. So this is not uh, anything to expect anything on for a little bit. Nothing's been announced about when the next time they're going to show this off, other than that uh, level up announcement over in Dubai a few weeks back. That was its first announcement. That's that's all there's been. So we'll have to wait a little bit longer for uh, anything new on this one. Oh, we love waiting, don't we? Uh, I'm so apathetic toward video game announcements at this point. Yeah. I mean, when I put up these updates, a lot of, you'll see in the update I did for this, where I, I link back to some older news stories. And as I'm reading through news stories from 2005 onward, I'm just going to myself, it feels like I'm repasting the same thing over and over. Like, it's May... Here's the announcement. Expect more. You know, you probably more. could do that and see if anybody knows. Yeah, I know. I was really considering an April Fool's joke along those lines where it's, here's the next game announcement. Here's a V-Jump scan. It's just like every other year. No one would have been able to tell the difference. All right, let's At move all. away from video games. Tell me what's yes, up. Yes, let's. Uh, Funimation has delayed Dragon Box 6. But thankfully, it's only been a two-week delay. So we're moving it from July 5th to July 19th. And as far as we know, this has nothing to do with any other delays that they've had recently. This is just kind of a, we got to move some stuff around. Yeah, so. I'm pretty sure Dragon Box 5 had the same kind of delay. 4 yeah. might have had the same thing. I mean, we've come to expect, all right, a week or so with the Dragon Boxes, no big deal. I mean, it's coming. It's yeah. on its way. And I, we found out through Write Stuff, I believe, and it's, it's kind of started to trickle down through other online sites. Yeah, yeah. Just... Shifted two weeks, whatevs. The price has finally dropped across some of the other sites. I know Amazon had it up near MSRP for a little bit, but it's down to, I think, $30.99 now. So yes, there are great deals out there on these Dragon Boxes. There are no excuses, folks. You need to go out and get these. They're coming to a close. This is what we wanted. Oh, dear God, please go buy them. I love seeing them on my shelf. So They're so nice. nice. It's so nice. All right, let's take it over to where we're going. We're going to the Philippines here. The Philippines. More worldly news. Begin on June 11th, so just this weekend, Saturday's... <laughs> I am so sorry, folks. After Hanep Buhay, 
and then Sundays after Pinoy MD. I have no idea what these shows are, but on GMA7, which I'm assuming is a television channel, uh, the original Dragon Ball TV series is back on. I don't know if it's the Philippines dub or if it's the Japanese version subtitled or some other dub. The uh, page on GMA News TV didn't actually say. So what you're saying is that anyone is out in the Philippines would like to inform us? Yes, please do. We would like it. Yeah, what version of the show do you guys uh, have coming on? We have confirmation on what this next one is, though. We do. In Latin America, we have a, a couple TV deals that kind of went down over the past what two weeks or so yeah uh dragon ball kai is coming to cartoon network latin america via televisa in mexico this fall they as far as we know only have the rights to the first 54 episodes of dragon ball kai which takes it all the way through the frieza arc yeah now i know we've talked about some of the latin america airings over the last couple of weeks but some of it was mexico some of it was for example brazil and some of the other places um down from mexico all the way down into south america so this felt like a repeat of news but it was just recently announced so i'm not sure if this kind of crisscrosses with some of the other announcements we've had but maybe it's a further confirmation it could be i'm assuming it was new yeah yeah i think so and then along with the same article we found out that city tv in colombia or columba as mike likes to say (laughs) god damn it don't point out my typos in the has licensed the 20 movies from the dragon ball series library so we're basically going to assume it's the three dragon ball movies the 13 dragon ball z movies and the 10th anniversary special or 10th anniversary movie uh we're not quite sure about the two feature length TV specials from Z or the TV special from GT uh, that wasn't quite mentioned, but... You gotta come up with 20 somewhere. We're assuming they mean the actual movies that showed in theaters in Japan. So that's what we know in Latin America. And again, if anybody has confirmation or knows anything, let us know. Yeah, the license announcement articles are usually just a vague description of what it is, a quote from the brand manager down there in uh, the branch of Toei and... That's about it. So we're relying on our global audience, which we tout so much. Guys and gals, uh, gotta let us know what's coming. Hey, we're not done with Latin America, though. We have one last thing. Mexico, Chensen is bringing out Dragon Ball backpacks. Hooray! Yay! Merchandise! I know what I'm ordering for Christmas. (laughs) Forget Mexican releases of Dragon Ball Movie 1. Dragon Ball Z Movie 1. This is what I want, folks. I want backpacks. Send me backpacks from Mexico. Or a Roshi that gives you Kleenex out of its nose. Either or. <laughs> so much good merchandise out there. It's a shame none of it actually sells to help promote the series. I all, know, but, but it's awesome stuff. nonetheless. Oh, man, that's going to wrap up the news. I think the only other thing we'll toss out there, just kind of last minute thing uh, coming in. I'm reading that uh, the fifth set of Kai from Funimation does indeed have the replacement score, the Shunsuke Kikuchi score. So it's not a matter of, I, I saw this a lot of places. Oh, man, they're just going to remove whatever the infringing tracks are from the Yamamoto score, and it'll be just a version of that. It's, no. it's gone. They're not even going to mess with it. I don't know what else we can say about this. The Yamamoto if score. If in Japan they didn't gone. take the time to go through it, they're not going to do it for anybody else. And something that we've really tried to stress, and I don't know, it, it doesn't seem to be coming across, is that it was never said that a certain amount of pieces or certain named pieces from Yamamoto score were confirmed to be infringing. It was a very vague, it's come to our attention that certain pieces may infringe upon the rights of third parties or whatever it is. And it's very clear that 
they don't trust anything in that entire yeah. score. It's tossed out well, as a whole. They have the rights to that music. It's so easy to just take the Kikuchi score, throw it in. Yeah, yeah. Rather than pay someone to sit there and go through every single Yamamoto piece and, and compare how would it they to tell? every single piece ever made out there. I can almost guarantee that Yamamoto himself probably doesn't even remember where some of that inspiration comes from anymore. So, Well, he stole half of it from his own video games, so <laughs> he doesn't even know where those came from yeah, either. Very true, very true. Um, and then I guess one last bit, Heath, uh, related to Kai is just some uh, DVD box art. Poor radio, mm-hmm. but uh, there's images, yay? Yes, there's images. Um, you can go look at them. They're on Constantai. Uh, I don't know what's been going on at Happy Net recently. They haven't been like posting any of the box art. We've had to wait till Amazon yeah, puts it up. Yep. And then now all of a sudden they're like posting an entire month early, which they almost never do. So I think they're just kind of like trying to shove this stuff out the door. Yeah, wrap it up, get it out there. So we're just waiting on uh, DVD 15, right? And Blu-ray box four. Oh, okay, the last Blu-ray as well. Now, yeah. I'm pretty sure we mentioned this, but the 15th individual DVD is going to have just TV episode 97 and now what is being called an extra or bonus episode. What would have been 98, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, just the two. Apps. So it actually will be a little cheaper right, right. than all the other ones but the blu-ray box will hold the same episode count as all the other blu-ray boxes the way they broke everything up okay that makes sense i think i'm gonna order that last dvd i may as well i mean it's gonna be a little cheaper yeah. and feel and like the encode is so great <laughs> i know I, I to some degree i do wish there was an individual blu-ray release because then i could hey i get the first blu-ray and i get the last blu-ray and then get the american ones to fill them in in between but yeah whatever can't do it all right dude that the end of the news i think that is the end of the news should we move on we should it's been a not entirely eventful, but moderately eventful last two weeks. So uh, let's pick it up with some releases here. We are into June, so let's recap a little bit of what has come out and what will be coming out, and then we'll get over to those emails. Uh, Heath, I'll get you uh, to start off here. Well, first up, we have a big one that just came out on June 2nd, which was a Thursday, if anybody cares. Uh, we had the third Dragon Ball Kai Blu-ray box for the Jinzo Ningen and Cell arc was released. That contained episodes 77 through 84, which was spanned across four discs, uh, with the last disc having two episodes only. It is presented in full-frame, high-definition Blu-ray, so it is awesome. And you can pick that up from CD Japan or Amazon Japan, depending on your preference. If you'd like to give us money, we suggest CD Japan, because we like the proceeds. Damn right. Uh, it retailed for 14,679 MSRP, but you can pick it up for about 14,000 yen at CD Japan or yeah, you could get it for about 11000 at Amazon Japan. However, Amazon Japan really likes to stick you with the shipping costs. So. Yeah, so you lose either way. <laughs> yeah. On the same day, we also had a Dragon Ball Kai DVDs 11 and 12 come out for the same arc. Volume 11 contained episodes 85 to 87, and both DVDs are presented in 16 by 9 aspect ratio, cropped in standard definition. Both retailed for 2940 yen, but you can pick them up at CD Japan for 2,800 yen or 2,176 at Amazon Japan. And then volume 12 contained 88 through 90 and had all of the same specs, same prices. So if you guys want those, go pick those up. 
I was going to mention that uh, Dragon Ball no Shinkaron book that was supposed to be coming out after having been delayed for several months. I just went to the Amazon Japan page, delayed again to July 15th. Oh my god. So, let's move on to uh, the last thing coming out in June. Over here in the US, Dragon Ball Z Kai, part 5 from Funimation. We were talking about a little earlier. It's already shipping out to some folks. Blu-ray and DVD. This is the Funimation release of Dragon Ball Kai, episodes 53 through 65. So we are getting into the Jinzo Ningen and Cell arc. It's 4x3 on both Blu-ray and DVD, thankfully. Yes. MSRP awesome. on Blu-ray is $34.98, $29.98 on DVD. Great prices all around. Amazon's got you hooked up here, though. Uh, Blu-ray's $18.99, the DVD's $17.99. That's some great episode per dollar cost right there. Especially if you want to buy things on Blu-ray. Oh, I know. I notice a lot of Funimation stuff on Amazon has just been cheap. Great so. prices. If you're interested, there's no reason not to support it. Although, like we were talking about earlier, this does have the replacement Shunsuke Kikuchi score. It's so weird calling that a replacement score because it was the original it's the score original? for the series that had a replacement score made for Kai, but... It's the replacement of the replacement it is, of the original. It is. So if you wanted what was the original Japanese broadcast score, well, that doesn't really exist anymore uh, other than some episodes that already came out on Blu-ray in Japan. We talked about that before with my spreadsheet that I had to figure out what the hell it was, but that's, uh, that's it for June, so let's do some emails. Heath Brittany asks myself and asks you, I wanted to buy some Dragon Ball and Naruto CDs at the con, she was at Anime Central, but they had an awful selection. Where do you buy CDs besides CD Japan? I'd rather not buy online. Well, it would be nice to know maybe where you lived. Well, but where's Anime Central? That's out in in uh, Chicago area. Ah, uh, you're in my neck of the woods. So what you do is you fly yourself across the country and you go to a coast <laughs> and you find a, an anime shop and that's where you buy things. Otherwise, like I do, whether you want to buy it online or not, you're kind of hindered. There are some stores, especially if you live in Chicago, I'm assuming you live somewhere around there. It's a pretty large metropolitan area, so you should be able to find some sort of uh, Japanese store, uh, oriental shop, anything like that. They might carry them. Otherwise, you might want to branch out, go to some other conventions. I don't, I don't know what else to do besides looking online the only thing online is you might want to be careful with some bootlegs depending on what you're looking for yeah you, you want to get it from a legit retailer i'm looking at maybe is there a book off anywhere but new york los angeles uh yeah. california san diego there yeah so that's the problem Hawaii. is a lot of that stuff is on the coast because it's so much more expensive to ship it across the country right, to right. the middle of the u.s so this is the kind of stuff You've got to order it online. I mean, that's that's what it is. I've talked about this a little bit on the show uh, over the years, but I can remember a time. My first Oticon was 1999, and CDs were huge back then. They were still selling bootleg CDs right there in the conventions at that point, so there was a plethora of selection for you there. Uh, they cut down on the bootlegs over time, but even as late as maybe 2002, 2003, maybe even 04, there was still at least one big, giant table of CDs, one big yeah. retailer there. And that just, it went the way of the dodo. People at cons just do not seem interested in buying CDs. I don't know what the hell they're buying, but they're not buying CDs. So that's just... I mean, that is one thing you could do 
if you can only really go to ASEN, maybe contact someone higher up that's running the show and maybe try to convince them to bring in other retailers that sell CDs, but right. sometimes that doesn't always work. Or any of the retailers that you did see there. Maybe they had some CDs say, hey, you know, when you come back next year, I'm really interested in some more of the anime soundtracks. Try to bring some of those. But other than that, you've got to order online. I mean, we're talking about a fandom yeah. that stems from a country across an ocean. So that's really what you're going to have to end up doing. Um, geez. All right. Let me read an email here. I can't wait to get your thoughts uh, on some oh of gosh. this stuff, Heath. Maluna says, as I listened to your episode discussing the character of Bulma, a question came to mind. I'm not sure why it did, but it did. Throughout the series, we see the Dragon Balls get brought together and a wish is made upon them, usually to revive the dead. But I wonder, in a hypothetical situation where a particular character, Gohan, Chi-Chi, Tenshinhan, etc., gets a wish of their own, what would it be? Has there been any type of information revealed which basically explains what each character would wish for? If not, I want to hear your thoughts. What would one of the various characters wish for if they could have anything? they wanted. Now, Heath, I have a giant list that I have prepared for this episode. Oh, I certainly do. But uh, I would like to get some of your own thoughts, some random characters. What maybe, might, possibly, they wish for? If they just, hey, you know, we got free time. Let's gather the Dragon Balls, draw straws. All right, you get a wish this year. Okay. Who do you think, and what are they wishing for? Um, well, let's see. We could cover the fact that uh, this type of information never is really revealed, because I, I did sort of glance through these emails prior to, so I cheated. Right. <laughs> and That's not cheating, that's preparation. Yes. So as far as I know, there is nothing out there. Now, Jake may say otherwise, <laughs> but I looked through guidebooks and whatnot. Um, it's never really listed. We get to find out everybody's hobbies and the super exciting guys, but... Right. As far as wishes, we don't really know. Well, I guess we could say there are some that we know maybe could have been done. Like Bulma wanted, right. was it strawberries that she wanted? Well, we have, you know, kind of like you mentioned, Bulma mm-hmm. at the beginning. You know, she wants a boyfriend. We have Yamcha. He wants to get rid of his fear of girls. Right. Vegeta always wanted immortality. Exactly. In uh, Dragon Ball Z Movie 3, you know, they collect the Dragon Balls and they stop a fire. <laughs> um, well, something that I actually wanted to mention was in the uh, the first part of the series, the first TV series, if you want to break it down by that, a lot of the villains are primarily concerned with gathering these Dragon Balls and making a wish. I mean, Pilaf wants to take over the world. Red wants to take over the world. Piccolo Daimao wishes for his youth again. So for a while, we have a pretty good streak of uh, them going after mm-hmm. them and we even get a villain who gets his wish uh when does that happen again just with garlic jr oh slug as yeah, well basically slug was just a repeat of piccolo daimo so well i mean frieza got a hold of the dragon balls he did he did he didn't get anywhere with them right but other than that no i think um i don't know what i would uh, i know chi chi would wish for gohan to be like the best scholar in all of mankind <laughs> be like the next albert einstein of the world you know i did have Chi Chi on my list and I said she would wish for a full-time tutor for Gohan and we got a little bit of filler in that area but I think someone who could... Which was uh, hilarious. It was hilarious and a little bit frightening at the same time. Yep, very much so. I, I think someone who Gohan and uh, and whoever this person was could get along and be on the same page. And yeah, that, that might and be a Gohan, wish. young Gohan would wish to be a Namekian <laughs> and uh, live with Dende and hang so. out with Piccolo. Oh, good Lord, please get me away from my mother. I would like to live yes. with the green people. I'd like to be asexual now and live on water. Gohan's pretty asexual anyway, even when he's got a girlfriend. And he gets married. 
married and has a kid. I guess you could say that's just Toriyama, but who else? Who else? Who do you got in, who, on your else? mind? Well, here? I see uh, Tension Han is listed. So Tension Han would wish for lunch to finally find him and reappear in some capacity. <laughs> do you think he'd wish for her to just go away, maybe, too? Or that. To leave him and Chaozu alone so they can, you know, have fun times without a woman nagging them. Kind of like this podcast episode. <laughs> What, without women nagging us? I'm so sorry, Mary. <laughs> what about your own wife? She's nagging you. Stop talking well, to those imaginary people on the internet. She's not in here right now, so she can't hear what I'm saying, so I'm free. Well, same deal. I gotta say, I have Tension Han down on my list a little bit, uh, a little bit lower here. It was a joke answer, but I said he would wish to be relevant again. Oh, ouch. I know, I know. Totally true, but ouch. Um, Krillin, well, I, I mean, I would almost say he'd, he'd wish for hair back, but he <laughs> yeah. does get it back. Remember he was joking the same so. thing. He always had hair. It was just a matter of growing it. And he would wish to get married, which happens. So he got his wish. And he got, you know, a kick-ass suit that he got to wear for a while. Yeah, yeah. He's got some nice... I mean, that guy actually, clothes. besides getting pwned every other episode, he actually turned out pretty good. Did you just say pwned on my podcast? I did, just for you. <laughs> Oh, wow. I'm not sure how I There's feel There's only this. one reason I said it. Because you knew I would say something. Yep. Oh, you know me too well. You got anyone else? Anyone else on your mind? Anyone else? Well, there's nobody listed. Throw me a character. Okay, um... I went with Future Trunks, and I think it would be a pretty basic wish. Well, I think that one you have to go with a more serious answer. You can't really do a joking answer. I mean, you could if he wants all of humanity to die. <laughs> that answers the question by uh, making a joke about it. He would wish for all timelines to be restored to peace. I mean, he's looking out for yes. someone more than just himself, and I think it would be a very selfless wish there. And he would wish for Toriyama to never have come up with multiple timelines, <laughs> because it kills fanboys, and they hate him. It kills that. multiple trunkses at the same time. Well, and that too. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I'm gonna toss Bulma's mom out there. I think she would wish for a sexy pool boy and a perpetually stocked minibar. I would have to agree with that, and uh, to get rid of her husband's creepy cat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In fact, they would just wish to, I would say they would wish to have an open relationship, but it's likely that they already do. I was going to say, I don't think they need to wish for that. I have some more on here. Some of them are a little bit of a joke. Some of them are a little bit more serious. Uh, Apul, I think he would wish for more help for his recon missions and his impromptu doctor work. He's very, very overwhelmed, but he's also very dedicated to the cause. So like Trunks, I think it would be a very selfless wish, but uh, maybe a little selfish at the same time. He just needs a little and more work, a little more help. He would like some overtime because Frieza doesn't do overtime. Yeah, so. well, you know, when you ask for overtime, what happened? Well, you know to, what happens. You saw what happened to Oron. All he did was come in the door. Poor guy. Never saw it coming. I think Sabretooth Tiger would wish for Gohan's hat back. He seemed to really enjoy that. I think he'd wish for not running off a cliff. <laughs> All right, fair enough. He'd wish for his life back. Just a little floating cat soul. Why somewhere. are they putting me in the first episode of all these series and I just <laughs> fall off a cliff? Oh, poor dude. Poor dude. I don't know. That big fish in the first episode, I know what he would wish for. He would for. just wish for another chance. Can I just be in a different yeah. pond today? Why did I have to Could come Could it here? be another small child <laughs> that's sticking their tail in a river, please? And by tail, you mean tail. I mean tail. Uh, we have Bear with Sword. I think he would wish for a bigger sword because it's not big enough. Well, definitely. It's never big enough. <laughs> was it Bear with Sword that had an eye patch at some point? Or was that some other character? Yes. Okay. He, he was a pirate. So 
Maybe he would wish for his eyesight back at the same time. Uh, I got to go out there with Frieza Soldier A. I think he would wish... I was wondering if you were going to go there. I'm going to go there. I think he's going to wish for Frieza Soldier B to see how much they truly need each other. They truly do. And Soldier C is so jealous. (laughs) He's so jealous that he doesn't even have the title of Frieza Soldier C. Yeah. And, uh, just that random guy. I'm going to toss one more out there, and uh, this last wish is for Super 17. He, of course, would wish for a redesign. Agreed. So that is my list. As you can tell, I put a lot of time and thought into this over martinis earlier this evening. So, and I did not put a lot of thought into this, so you're welcome. That's all right. You got the ball rolling. That's all I could really ask for at this point. So, Malunas, I hope that answers your uh, your question there. Uh, Heath, I've read two emails. Why don't you read one more here? All right. This last one comes to us from Lloyd. And Lloyd says, so regarding what you said in your last podcast, I'm from the UK and have a question regarding the Super Saiyajin form. When the form is first introduced, it is portrayed as this mighty level of power that can only be obtained by the very best. And so obviously, Goku should be the only person to be able to achieve it. The next person to achieve the form is Trunks. And although he is one of my favorite characters, I felt the transformation lost its value. By the end of the series, I felt that it had become a complete joke with characters Characters like Goten, present time Trunks, being able to transform with little to no training and no emotional overloads whatsoever. The different levels of the transformation didn't help to rekindle its importance, in my opinion. All it seemed to do was cheapen it even further. A lot of people complained that Pan was never able to transform, but I believe that was a good thing, as it would have just been the final nail in the coffin for the Super Saiyajin form. So, I guess the question would be, what are your thoughts on the importance of the Super Saiyajin form over the course of the series? This is, I think, a pretty common feeling this toward gets the transformation brought up a lot i think almost any dragon ball form you go on to it's discussed in some capacity at some point point. and i think you see a little bit of that from the author himself as we get into the majin buu story arc because we have fusion which takes the place of yet another transformation although it's pretty interesting that we basically get super saiyan 3 and fusion not at the exact same time but really goddamn close yeah it's it is one of those things that bugs fans and it somewhat bugs me a little at times but not really because I've always looked at it sort of like oh you're going through the series and you don't really see it coming until all of a sudden it's it's kind of hinted at and then it's hinted at more and then all of a sudden it happens and you're like that is awesome and then of course like every other shonen series right now everybody can do it well is that part of i don't want to call it the the problem but is that part of it where it's we just know our, ourselves as fans we know what the shonen tropes are and we know to expect yeah. this and we almost don't even think twice about it anymore in a way and you know it'd be kind of nice to go back to a time when that didn't happen but That's just kind of the way things are, especially now. Um, I know a lot of the series, especially Shonen, when something does happen, then now you have a character that has this, I will say, ultimate technique. But now, in order for the series to go on, there has to be somebody else that can compete with him. Right. And so, half the time, the easiest thing to do is to just give that person the same technique and then maybe come up with some minor variances on it. Right, yeah. Well, when you play with that idea, we get things like... 
the 2008 Jump Super Animator special, where a new villain is introduced that is brought out to be a play toy for the kids because they're so far beyond that villain. And I think that's what I loved so much about that special was that it was they're they're playing with those tropes because it's taken place at a point in the series when I mean we just had Boo. Sure, I mean there's G- right. GT and more powerful villains over there, but for that time frame, what else would you do? You you can't compare with Boo, so you bring it back to the comedy roots and, and play with those tropes. And I think Toriyama did a really good job of that just in the Boo arc itself. I mean, really, because that is the point when everyone and their mom is doing it. I mean, Goten and Trunks. Totally. See, but to me, a lot of it is, it's almost just done on purpose. Yeah. It, I think if you look at it that way, that's true. it makes more sense than just, well, now he's just given everybody the same thing. And it's more of a, I'm going to do this because I can, and I think it's funny. <laughs> we get comments from the characters like Vegeta in the series about that very fact. Not quite breaking the fourth wall, but pretty damn close to it. And like you said, it yeah. is done for laughs. And as Lloyd was asking, does that take away from the emotional value, the the importance that of that, as you said, the almighty level of power? It does, but I think you do have to look at the Boo arc in particular as a different type of storytelling. And I think if you follow along with our manga review of Awesomeness, we're really trying to talk about that aspect of the story and the storytelling. I don't know if we're doing a great job of it, but we're, we're definitely trying to go down that route because it's See, a I very don't even different know type. If, if I would say it takes away... So much because he did change his storytelling style slightly for that arc. Right. Like you have instances where would you say Trunks being able to be a super scion takes away from Vegeta sacrificing himself to save his son? I mean, that I wouldn't say that it would, but I could see more so when Trunks appears how you're like, wait, where'd this guy come from? And now he's a super scion. Well... Shit. I think this might uh, blow a bit of a load for <laughs> next manga review. Um, and I'm glad Jeff's not here because he, he can't hear me spoiling this stuff. But uh, we're talking about different ways that Toriyama can get that... Uh, an emotional response out of you without it being a super sign transformation. Something that I really, really felt as I was reading it, even in the moderately censored Viz version, were the two thugs that were going around murdering people. And even though Boo is the villain, I think this is what was so brilliant about Toriyama's writing. He turns this villain around into the sympathetic character as he watches the dog get shot and then Mr. Satan is also grazed as well. Just the look in Boo's eye, he opens his eye and as you you see the steam coming out of him, we're getting what's really a a transformation because we're getting the the skinny gray boo that comes out of it. So it's a similar thing, but I was really, really feeling the, not to overblow, but the levity of that scene. And that was without it, it was still death, even though no one, I guess the the old couple died. That was, we're going to talk a lot about that next manga review. But even The old couple? Yeah, yeah. Even though the dog, uh, bet and is it bet or B? Bay. So even though <laughs> dogs, for all you English speaking people out there, it is B. Right. For all you people that speak Japanese, it is Bay. Even though, I mean, they didn't really die because Boo was able to revive yeah. them, but so close to it. I, I really, really felt it there. So I think Toriyama's got some tricks up his sleeves for uh, this part of the series that doesn't involve Super Saiyan transformations, but it still involves death and near death. So I don't know. He's got some stuff to him. He's a writer. 
He does things. He does what he wants. He really does during the boo arc. Is there anything else to say about it? I mean, I, I totally sympathize with Lloyd here that I, I think it, it gets a little oh, yeah, overdone. I, I totally understand where he's coming from because especially with the, the buildup that you get with Vegeta, you know, saying, oh my gosh, he's Super Saiyan. And you get the the backstory, especially, you know, the anime really plays off on that. So with all this buildup of this is the one thing that can happen, it comes like once a millennia and whatnot. And then all of a sudden now we have two of them, then we have three, then we have five. It's like, is this going to end? Yeah, yeah. The ones I do buy the most, which I've never had a problem with, especially, I mean, you can understand where Trunks, once you go farther in series and you know where he came from Mm -hmm. but vegeta i mean he's driven and he wants it so you almost have to suspect that at some point he would get it yeah and then you have uh gohan when they go to train goku's just like well we can't beat cell unless you can master this technique so let's go do it i don't know that one to me was always a little iffy it was too convenient. He had to, like you were saying, he was forced. Yeah. He was put in a corner. He had to do it. So it was, well, of course he's going to. With Vegeta, he was so pissed off about it for so long. And then he was gone for a while. And as soon as he comes back, you're like, oh, shit, here we go. So you're psyched about it in a different way. Yeah. Gohan's. I've always liked that whole scene when Vegeta shows up. Well, he's got one of the greatest speeches in the entire series. I mean, yeah. do you feel fear? <laughs> I mean, it's amazing the way he comes back there. But I think Gohan, uh, he makes up for it a little bit with what we later learn in Super Saiyan 2. So, eh. So it starts in the Cell arc and continues. And I think it has its good and it has its bad. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. It's a Shonen series. I think you have to cut it some slack when it's reached this point in the series. When we're hitting the two 200s, the 300s, the 400s of chapters. Uh, you got to deal with it at that point. Unfortunately. I hope we answered your questions, folks. So we wanted to spend a little bit more time talking about these theoretical questions and answers and kind of in-depth conversations. If you have questions, this kind of stuff, even if it's just factual, you need a quick answer, research, we love those too. Send them on over. Podcast at DizeX.com P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. We also have the Twitter and the Facebook. Twitter is at DizeX and Facebook, you can guess it, Facebook.com slash DizeX. Happy to take your questions, comments, any which ways. And uh, we've also got our forum. We have a response thread for every single episode over on the forum there on EX. If you want to interact, that's a great way to do it. We've also got our chat over on IRC. That's right. We kick it old school ways. I don't know how people would do chat other than IRC. I don't understand current technology. Do kids go in chat rooms anymore? I I actually talk about this a lot with my profession, but... uh, I have no idea. I I go to some presentations where people are talking about internet safety and all this stuff, and they're warning parents, be be afraid, don't let your kids go into chat rooms, going... Kids haven't gone in chat rooms for 15 years. I think years. chat rooms are more like chat roulette. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about the chat rooms. Worry about them showing their penis on a webcam. Yes. Slightly different. Maybe not them showing, but <laughs> it's true. vice versa. Very true. Very true. Uh, so many dicks waving around. But that's kind of why we like Dragon Ball, too. You got dicks exactly. waving all over the place. It's that kind of Little series. boy penis. This is terrible. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> This is not why we like the series, but, uh, you know, you get an hour into a podcast and you start saying weird things. Heath, thank you for joining me here on uh, episode 261. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. We'll talk yeah, it it's been fun. some point in the near future. What do you got going on over on Constantine? Uh, right now, we got a whole lot of nothing leading to a whole lot of nothing. Excellent. So, 
It's great. Love it. We're like entering the Dyesentu EX realm. <laughs> hey, I've been keeping up on news. I think we've been doing a great job of that. And we have. there is some content, but it's just on the back burner for uh, some other projects I got coming up that are unrelated to Dyesentu EX. Uh, you know what that's like? Oh, yeah, I do. You know, work's been crazy, and I have something that you sort of got back to. Oh, right. It is content. <laughs> there is content. It's true. Yes. You're the only person I did hear back from. So <laughs> hopefully I can get that up soon. Maybe the next week. I don't know. It's okay because talking about this podcast, you're the only one who responded to me too. So I'm like, well, guess I'm doing the show with Heath That's what tonight. happens. That's all right. All right. So dot com. That is it. You need both ends in there. You do. So we got you over there, myself and Julian, who couldn't be with us because by the time we get recording is the middle of the night into morning over in Japan right now. We can be found over on Daizenshu EX, www.daizex.com. We are uh, kind of your best source for news right now. <laughs> I'm the only one keeping up on stuff. Oh, I'm so proud of myself. Funny, funny, Mike. Yay. But if you want more words about stuff, I guess Heath's going to take care of you in a little bit. So Hopefully. Between the two of us, we've got you taken care of. So, folks, we will see you next week for episode 262. Next week will, as I said, likely not be a manga review of awesomeness, but it is on its way in the very near future. It'll just be pure awesomeness. It will be pure awesomeness. It may or may not be manga related. I hope it's about manga because I've been working on my notes and I think they're pretty good. I would hope so. Even though I already talked about some of it this episode. So maybe that'll whet your appetite a little bit. We talked about next volume of the manga. You can hang on for another two weeks until we can all get together and do that. So, Heath for you over at Constantine. Thank you much for having me, sir, and I will see you at some point in the near future. Hopefully in person. Yeah, I know. Otakon. Hooray! Woohoo! For Julian off in Japan, for Mary upstairs here at Casa de EX, my name is Mike Vegito EX. We will see you next week here on the podcast, episode 262. Have a fantastic week, folks. We'll check you later. Announced in their quarter one 2001 fiscal results. 2011. They have... What? 2011. Said 2001. Oh my gosh. That's horrible. That's like 10 years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.